0: Um, if somebody's starting, I would say get a mentor right, right from the bat. Get somebody who has helped other people build a business from the, from the ground up. Uh, don't just try it yourself because it'll take you four years where it could have taken you a couple months to figure out exactly what you're doing, who you're doing it for, uh, what a mission and the vision is and how they differ. And how having that strategy set up correctly from the start will help you exponentially, yeah,
1: in, in a year. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Lock, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great uh, guest on the podcast, Roberto De Costa. And uh, Roberto uh, went to high school in Long Island, was into arts, um, hated the school system, loved arts, um, but there wasn't money in arts. So went uh, to college and got a degree um, and then and college also got an internship that later turned into a job in web development. Um, Did that for about a year and a half, and then later quit the job and and went to a senior developer at another uh, position. Did that for another year and a half, and then uh, decided he wanted to start his own firm. Um, Learned a lot of great skills and foundational things he could do. Got better at branding and marketing side, and also uh, needed to learn the finance and networking side a bit more. Um, So figured that out for a while. And then 2020 with COVID hit and things went downhill and had to pivot and adjust a bit and took it in a bit of different direction, which is where he's at now. And we'll get into that a little bit more of the journey. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on to the podcast, Roberto. Thanks for having me, Dev. My pleasure. So I gave the kind of con- a much more condensed version of a much longer journey. So with that, let's uh, take it back in time a bit and uh, tell us a, a little bit how your journey got started
0: in uh, Long Island in New York. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was just, I was just, you know, a silly kid in high school, and I just really liked art. I was always told, uh, you know, I, I could color within the lines really well, um, and and I think I just had a knack for drawing and, and painting, and that was that was a thing I did as a as a hobby, never too seriously. Um, and then after that, I, you know, looking at my senior year in high school, I took in graphic design as a as a course. And I fell in love with that, you know. And also, graphic design was a, a serious market um, at the time. So painting wasn't. So you know, I'd rather do something that I could make money off of. So that's that's where yeah, the game started. Really.
1: And I say,ing okay, you know, love art, and I, I think it's still hard. I think I don't know. I think that's the perpetual. Artists, you know, the plague of artistry in general is typically hard to be, unless you're just, you know, the one in a million that catches, a, you know, a, a following and has a lot of people, but for most artists, you always have the starving artists and so it seems like that's a natural transition to say okay now I can get into web design and web development and kind of graphic design and that one does have the people are willing to pay for it. And it has kind of that, uh, the job availability there. So you go into college and I think you got a degree
0: in graphic design and web development. Was that right? It was graphic design. I picked up web development, you know, small skills on the side, just because I, I found it interesting. Uh, mm. And funny enough, somebody I worked with at a restaurant told me somebody needed a um, a graphic design done. I did that graphic design for him and he asked me if I could do a website. And so, and so I started working with him, a small budget website. It was a basketball tournament team uh, website. And he knew somebody who uh, saw it and wanted my number. That person, Carlos called me. I'll never forget it. And he said, when can you start? And this was like a Friday. I said, Monday. So I, I dropped everything and this. I took an internship Uh, That turned into a junior developer job uh, at a small marketing firm. Um, And, you know, the rest, the rest is history. I I just graphic design, you'll need it for everything you do like it. Everybody needs to know a little bit of graphic design. So that's, that's still a a thing that I like to do. Uh, But web development really picked up. And then all the marketing skills came from working in a marketing uh, firm for, you know, three, three years, uh, two different marketing firms. So my junior job led to my senior job at a different firm. Uh, And, and then, you know, I left that and I started doing my own. So I started my own little. uh, Before you
1: dive into that too much, because I think that's interesting. So, you know, I definitely get, Hey, we went into graphic design. What, you know, said, you know, Hey, somebody wants to hire me and do a website. Why not? They're paying and it will be a good opportunity. You can learn some new skills and then found out that, you know, people started to like your work. And then you, you said okay, now make it a make a career of it, so to speak. And so worked for some other people for a period of time, and moved up to senior developer. All that makes sense. So, what made you decide, or what was kind of the trigger point to say I want to jump out and do something on my own, as opposed to continue to you know move along the the ladder, so to speak, or work as a senior developer for someone else? What was kind of that trigger or that cause to make that leap?
0: Year round seasonal depression. Uh, it was working for somebody just didn't. Fit me. I, it's not that I have an authority issue. It's just that I knew that I was. Oh, you have an
1: authority issue. You just hate authority. Not just kidding.
0: I just hate authority. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was that I was providing a lot more value than I was getting back, um, and I knew that if I just uh, focused on myself a little bit on my off time, I would be able to do it by myself. So, either the idea was a year before I quit was I could do this by myself. So I started picking up clients after hours and I built a small little clientele. And by the time I left, it was January 7th. um, I, I had enough to keep being going. And before I looked for another job, I said, let me see, let me see six months down the road. If I could, if I could do this. And then six months came and I thought, let me see six more months. And I kept pushing it, and I pushed it back, uh, and then, you know, after a year and a half of pushing it back, I said, you know, I'm not even going to look. I'm not even going to bother, because it, this was just too much fun, uh, learning by myself, doing it on my own, picking up the skills that I needed to, uh, you know, have a sustaining um, income. No,
1: and I think that, you know, that's a lot of times how it kind of starts out. Well, I'll try this out. It's probably going to fail and I'll keep trying. And then it keeps, you know, keeps paying the bills and gets a bit more success or keeps, you know, working towards it. And before you know it, the thing that was started first is a side hustle, a little bit extra money that turned into, I'll try it out, turned into an actual career. And I think that that's always a fun way when things develop and uh, continue to move forward. So you did that, I think, for quite a bit of period of time. And then I think we mentioned, or when we talked a little bit before, one of the things that you found that you also needed to learn was a bit more on the, the finance and the networking side. So how did that kind of fit into your journey? In other words, I think that, you know, branding and marketing side, and you got better at that and you already kind of had that as an educational background, but it's just saying, okay, building, growing and getting better. How did you go about uh, expanding your skills in the finance and networking?
0: Well, uh, you know, I think, I think, Underneath it, I always understood that networking was a key component on on how to keep my income flow up, Uh, you know, because clients in web or design, they don't need you full time, Uh, they need you for that, that service and the only way that I was really growing was through word of mouth that was like that the solopreneur that's their bread and butter is word of mouth. Um, So, without knowing it I was doing a lot of networking. Um, but it was, you know, four years into running this thing by myself, I, uh, I found myself on a plateau that was, that was harder to break from than, uh, I thought it would be. So for me to hit that next level, I needed to do something radically different. Um, and, and inside somewhere, I knew that networking was going to be the thing. Like I, I just felt it because it, without knowing it, I knew it. Uh, so I started going to networking events and, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't long until I, from when I started to, to the point where I found out that that was the key, you know, how I got more clients, how I got a real community of, of, uh, business owners that would call on me and rely on me solely, uh, was all built from a strong network group. Um, several of them. So, yeah, I learned all the skills that I needed to, to have to thrive in the network community uh, by be, just being, you know, a, a, good, a good friend to people uh, in, in those networks. Uh, and that, that's what the, the true skill of networking is. It's not how many networks can I hit. It was learning how to become a, a good person in, in that community. Uh, and that leads to trust and trust leads to clientele. You know, it was small skill. No, but I, I think it's
1: one of those that it's a small skill. Everybody knows what they should do. And yet it can certainly be impactful and, and have a, a good or have a or set your business on a much better and different direction as you continue to get that word of mouth and make those connections. And so sounds like, you know, you were learning learning those skills, putting time and effort into them and things are continuing to to grow and you're building out your network and uh, building a team. And then about that time,
0: 2020 hit with COVID and things kind of took a different turn from there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody can, can say they experienced the same thing. Uh, it went from busy to not busy real quick. Uh, and I it took me from March when COVID became a thing, uh, until, until October for me to, to pivot my entire business, uh, and, and how myself as a, as a solopreneur, um, in that time, it was just, just trying I just kept trying and trying and I knew it was going to come back, but I didn't know when. And it, it, some people could still say, it's still kind of hard to get, you know, get back in the ball on the ball and, and continue on where they left off in March, 2020. Right. Uh, so that was, that was a hard transition, but it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to figure out my next move, which was doing networking as, as a business. So I found the thing that I loved which was uh, networking. And I just made, I made it into a, a business of mine. They say, okay, now, you know, takes, I think
1: it took everybody different periods of time. And, you know, it was kind of one word and it still feels like we're two years in and people still don't know what's going on. But, you know, you're saying, you know, now that you have that realization saying, okay, at some point I've got to figure it out. I've got to make the pivots. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be a couple of weeks and we're going to be yeah. back to life as normal. And so yeah. you say, okay, making that transition and that switch a bit, you say, okay, networking is the key. So how did you start? Where did, how did you pivot the business in that direction?
0: Honestly, it was luck. Um, I bought a VR headset um, to play video games in, uh, but I needed to make it a business expense because, you know, money was low. So I needed to make every dollar count to something. Uh, and I, uh, the, the headset really was a, a, a supposed to be something for fun, but I needed to make it a tool. And in my search for a good tool to use VR for my design and web development services, I found out that there was uh, a bunch of people, regular people like you and I, in virtual reality, just hanging out, going to events. Uh, And these events were meditation events, um, uh, DJ clubs, uh, things that I didn't I didn't realize existed before I jumped into VR. Um, And I remember vividly the first day I jumped in, uh, I went to a karaoke night um, and then I jumped into a uh, Cards Against Humanity room. And people were just playing cards against humanity and hanging out and listening to music. And, and I asked one of the guys there, is there any business events happening here? And he said, no. And then I looked, I looked deeper and I saw that there was a huge vacuum of, of business uh, talks or, or the topic of business in, in social virtual was empty. Um, and, and that got me really excited. So my transition happened that day, you know, uh, I saw a huge vacuum in, in, in how people connected in VR uh, when it came to the topic of business. No, oh, I think that, you know, sometimes it's that,
1: you know, happy happenstance or happy coincidence that you do something is starts out as personal enjoyment and, you know, similar almost a little bit to the idea that, Hey, you had someone that said, can you build a website for me? This one happened to be a little bit coincidental in the sense that, Hey, this is something that would be fun and interesting. And why don't we make it a, you know, a business expense and uh, making them do a business opportunity and, and that, you know, pivot scenes in a, a different direction. So that kind of uh, takes us a bit to where you're at today. So where is the business at today? Is it launched? Is it coming soon? Is it uh, already have millions of dollars of money raining from the sky? Or kind of where along that journey is the business that you've pivoted and, and looked at kind of more of that networking and,
0: and virtual reality aspect? No, it's it's very much still in developmental phase. Uh, it's not so much in development. Like we have a we have a community, which is the part of the product. What, what I've done since last not this past October, but last October, um, was create a a strong community of business owners in VR, and I started to market myself as uh, VR networking, um, and then the whole brand took off, and I, I I went from having a room filled with uh, twelve business owners who wanted to continue networking from home, you know, but not over Zoom the way that we got used to over the pandemic, uh, which was. It, doesn't give you the same sense of being with somebody and, and building uh, that community with that, with that person. That trust isn't, isn't really there on 2D where it is in VR. It's just a different sense. You have to experience it to understand, right? Um, but from, from developing this small little community of 12 people uh, per event once a week, uh, an idea continued to grow from networking to running uh, speaking events, so we brought in, you know, some some people who were professional speakers, people that were featured on TED. And uh, we threw that in, in virtual reality and we had an audience. And then the idea of what about expos and trade shows? So we built out a, a trade show space and we rent out boots uh, for the year so that we'll run 12 trade shows once per month uh, and have businesses market themselves in these trade shows. We just relaunched that whole system with a new trade show space. So the All these different products are all building out one larger community. Um, And the the, the size for comparison is at the beginning of this, we had, you know, on average, five, 12 people come to networking events. Last Monday, we had 200 people show up to a networking event. Yesterday, we had 170 people show up to a networking event. And this is like, this is not even the the, the beginning of it. I haven't even laid a, a solid foundation yet. My hope is to build a community that on on any given day, uh, you'll have a networking event with 10,000 people showing up, you know, have a real solid ability for you to market your business in virtual reality with a community.
1: No, oh, and I think I think it's an interesting application to, you know, a bit of a, a time old thing. In other words, networking has been around for a while, but looking and saying, how can we adapt that and how can we adjust it? And then where's the opportunity? So it sounds like definitely a great avenue and a, a great uh, path to, to go down. Um, so now as we've kind of brought ourselves to a bit to the, the present day of where your journey has taken you so far, great time to transition to a couple of questions I always ask towards the end of the podcast about your journey. Um, so with that, the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst
0: business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Worst business decision is taking on debt too early. Um, that was a big mistake. Not, not that it was too much, but it was enough to, uh, you know, slow me down, uh, for the long run. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still dealing with the debt that I took on the first two years, to make that work um, so definitely having having a solid stream of income and not having any gaps in that while you're building up a business uh, was important something I, I overlooked no
1: i think that you know it's one of those where it's hard because sometimes you're saying if i don't have the money then i'm never going to be able to start the business and yet on the other hand you take on the debt and you take on the money you know, on that on that commitment. And then if the business slows down or it doesn't go in the direction or you have to pivot or adjust, sometimes it can be that those handcuffs that make it difficult to be able to navigate the business or otherwise make it successful because that you may not be able to do or to pursue the things that you want or it can otherwise be that handcuff. So it makes sense on kind of how the mistake occurred, but also you know the, the motivation for for not doing or learning from it. So
0: 100%. yeah,
1: second question I always ask is, um, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would
0: be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, if somebody's starting, I would say get a mentor right, right from the bat. Get somebody who has helped other people build a business from the, from the ground up. Uh, don't just try it yourself because it'll take you four years where it could have taken you a couple months to figure out exactly what you're doing, who you're doing it for, uh, what a mission and a vision is and how they differ and how having that strategy set up correctly from the start will help you exponentially in a year. No, and I think that that mentorship can and be, make, or
1: as you said, have a big impact. In other words, you can get direction and sometimes a mentor just tells you the things that, hey, you may not want to do that. You may want to slow down. Here are the mistakes I've learned. And sometimes you say, appreciate the input. I'm going to do it anyway. Another time it can certainly give you some lessons learned and avoiding mistakes. And so I think along the way, it's it's certainly worthwhile to have that that mentorship and someone that can be a a sounding board, can provide guidance and feedback and sometimes put you in a different or better direction. So I'd say that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Well, as we uh, wrap up the podcast, if people want to reach out to you, they uh, want to be a um, customer, they want to be a client, whether it's in the VR networking or they want you to build an awesome website if you're still doing that. If they want to be an employee at uh, some point, if they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach
0: out to you, contact you, find out more? I'm always taking friends and I'm always taking more people who want to network. Uh, They could go to vrnetworking.com um you can always reach me out at uh, roberto at Coninvr, vr which is the business name c-o-n-i-n-v-r.com uh, and and hopefully i'll get to see you in virtual reality
1: well, i definitely encourage people to reach out i think it's a fun place if nothing else to catch up in the, in the vr world and uh and uh worthwhile to connect up and uh, and pursue things further so Thank you again for coming on the podcast, Roberto. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be guests on the podcast and share your journey, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. apply to be on the show. Also, make as a listener, make sure to click subscribe, share, leave us a review because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes and uh, all the journeys that people take. And last but not least, if you ever need help with your pot, or your patents, your trademarks, or anything else in your business, just go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us to chat. And we're always here to help. Thank you again, Roberto. And uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the
0: last. Thanks, Kevin.